today, like Pastor Bob said, it, um, we're in a series, we're in week three of our series, Missing Peace, and that's P-E-A-C-E. And so we're talking about missing peace in our minds. That's something that I think, if we're going to be honest, pretty much all of us have struggled with at one point or another in our lives. So we're talking about mental health in this series, and we're doing it boldly because that's what God has given us to do. People don't want to talk about mental health in the church, and well, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the real things that we face day to day living in the world that we live in. And week one, um, we started talking about with just foundational issues, and one of them was that, that in the church, people don't necessarily want to talk about mental health, or they don't want to talk about, you know, struggling with, with darkness and mental exhaustion. But we believe and we know that there is healing in revealing. So we're going to go there. We're going to go there. Um, I want to say first, I'm not an expert in mental health, not at all. I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm not an expert in mental health. And my job here is to teach you the truth, the truth with a capital T, the truth that comes from God's word. And the truth is God cares about our mental health. Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Well, guess what? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So yeah, God cares about our mental health. He absolutely does. Last week, Pastor Bob brought a really powerful word about how prayer and praise help us combat anxiety, you know, those anxious thoughts that, that run around in your mind sometimes. Well, today, I'm gonna talk about a spirit of heaviness or depression. We're going to put a name on it, depression, sadness, a spirit of heaviness. And my prayer is that this message is going to help somebody. This is not a, a down day. No, this is a great day. We're celebrating today. We are celebrating the homegoing of our brother. We call him Mike Wick. We're celebrating the day that he's gone. He went to be with Jesus. He's in a really amazing place. So we're going to talk about some issues that we have to deal with, but we're going to celebrate. We're not doing it with a heavy heart. We're going to follow God's word, and we're going to let him lead us through this. Maybe I'm talking to myself more than I'm talking to y'all. But, you know, a lot of people struggle. They struggle in the dark. They struggle in the dark with depression and dark thoughts. And it's because I think the church puts a stigma on it. Well, if you have Jesus in your life, you should be okay. Well, yeah, Jesus is the answer to everything, but we face some battles here on this in this world we live in. We face some stuff. And just because you're dealing with some things doesn't make you not a Christian, doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you human. It makes you human, part of humanity. And we're going to talk about this because, again, like I said, we know there is healing in revealing. But you know what? I want to pray before I start. I just want to pray again. Can't pray enough as far as I'm concerned. And God's house is a house of prayer, so we're going to pray again. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I pray right now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We know you're with us, and we feel your heavenly presence here, Lord. So I just pray that this word that you've given me to speak will come out exactly how you intended it, that it will touch hearts and bring healing and wholeness, Lord. Father, encourage us. Your word says that you're the lifter of our heads. So, Father, we are standing on your word, believing you are lifting our heads as we go into this topic. Lord, let it change us all from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I take a water break. You know, I had a really good friend. 
She was my best friend here in San Antonio. And I loved her, I loved her dearly. Um, and she was a Christian woman. This girl was a prayer warrior. When I needed prayer and I didn't know what to do with some of the stuff I was facing, I knew who to go to. And we'd pray, we'd battle, we'd battle the forces of darkness for each other, for our families, for our kids. She was a really strong Christian woman. Her and her husband were kingdom builders. They helped plant a church here in town. And she battled depression for many, many years. And she battled it in silence. She battled alone. And you know what? Like I said, Christians can still struggle with depression and mental health. And I can't say this enough. Just because you're saved doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle in your mind. You know why? Because the battlefield is our minds. The devil is after our minds. Because if he can take our minds, he can take us all kinds of crazy places. The battlefield is here. So if you're struggling with your thoughts, don't let the enemy get the best of your mind. My beautiful friend, my best friend, she lost her battle to depression a few years ago. And it changed everybody that she impacted. We miss her. I miss her. So if you're struggling with dark thoughts, depression, get some help. It's okay. It's okay to get some help. And today, I want to give you two truths to remember when you're battling depression. Number one, your emotions are valid. They're real, but they're not permanent. Your feelings are real. They're not permanent. They change. They change like the wind changes. Number two, your situation may feel hopeless, but with God, there is always hope. Like I said, the enemy, the enemy is going to lie to you. He's going to tell you all kinds of crazy things in your head. So I'm going to give you some truth today. And again, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor in mental health. I, I'm a pastor. So I'm coming from this from a biblical perspective. We're going to hear what God has to say about it. You know, the world I grew up in, I'm a child of the <clears throat> 60s and 70s. And the world I grew up in was a lot different than the world we live in now. When I was growing up, things like alcoholism, child abuse, child neglect, bullying, that wasn't talked about. Nobody really talked about that. And I grew up in a world of secrets because nobody talked about that stuff. For the first six years, when I was in school all the way through sixth grade, I was bullied every single day. It was kind of a good thing, I guess, when I look at it, because that rose up that fighter that was in me. By the time I got to high school, nobody was messing with me. But for the first six years of school, I was bullied every day, and nobody, nobody addressed it. Not my parents, not the teachers who saw it going down, nobody. It wasn't something that you dealt with back then. You just sucked it up, and you moved on. And you know, on top of that, I was left home a lot as a child. My parents were professionals, and they had careers, and they were off working, so they gave me a key to the house and said, see ya at 5 o'clock. And so I walked to school, walked home, and I was left alone a lot. Well, you add that up to all the bullying and all the secrets, the emotional pain that was going on in my life at that time, I was really sad. I felt rejected. I felt worthless as a child. Imagine growing up as a child, and you feel like nobody wants you there. 
You feel worthless. And I'm not telling you this to dishonor my parents. They did the best they could with what they, they did what they knew to do. This is not even about them. I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know that I struggled with mental health issues for years, years. Feelings of worthlessness, rejection, depression for years. And as a kid, I dealt with it my own way. But as I got older, the ways I learned to cope with it as a child, they didn't work anymore. So I turned to alcohol, drugs, bad relationships, real bad relationships. And y'all, that didn't work. By the time I was 19, I was done. I tried to commit suicide. I was done. I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. And even then, it didn't work, clearly. I'm still here. It didn't work. But even then, the devil was in my head trying to put all these feelings of guilt and shame. You're so stupid, you can't even kill yourself right. All these things came as a result of just a mental exhaustion, mental depression, feelings of darkness. So if you're struggling with depression, get some help. God is not judging you. We are not in the dispensation of judgment right now. God is not judging you. We are in what they call the dispensation of grace. In other words, God is dispensing grace. He's here. He's got healing in his hands. He's for you. He loves you. He is not judging you. Don't let the enemy of your soul lie to you and dump a bunch of shame and guilt on you for the way you feel. Depression is serious, and so is the devil. John 10.10. 10. If you brought your Bibles, open it up. Look at John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10 says, and this is the whole game plan of the enemy right here, all laid out. Simple verse. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his agenda. And he's going to try to make you feel guilty about something, whether it's your fault or not. And there may be something right now that you're carrying a bunch of guilt around about. Maybe it's something you did, and maybe you don't think God can forgive you for it. So you've somehow fallen into this dark place in your mind. Friend, don't believe the lies of the enemy. He is a liar. His native tongue is lies. Anything that comes into your head that tries to bring shame on you and guilt and condemnation, that's not from God. That's straight from the pit of hell because he's a liar. Remember, John 10, 10 said he came to steal, steal your joy, steal your peace. He came to kill. He came to take you out, and he came to destroy your life. That's what he came for. You need to know that. And God isn't mad at you. You can turn to him for help. Listen to this verse. It's Psalm 141.3, and it says, The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. So all this time that you've been struggling with pain or depression or sadness, God has sustained you. That verse just says that. He has sustained you. He kept you alive because he has something for you to do. He wants to restore you to full health. And that may sound real simplistic to some of y'all, but that's the word of God. And it is yea and amen. It is truth through and through. And God's word changes things. It changes things. And I pray 
that his word and this message will bring you hope and healing. So I'm going to tell you again, two truths to remember when you're struggling with depression, a spirit of heaviness, mental exhaustion. Number one, your emotions are valid, but they're not permanent. Number two, your situation may feel hopeless, but with God, there's always hope. Depression is a very complex issue, and I'm not standing up here again as some kind of expert in it. But I will tell you, the experts have found that there are four main causes of depression. They're biological, relational, circumstantial, or spiritual attacks. Now, a biological can cause can look something like this. You know, there may be some kind of chemical imbalance in your brain or in your body. You know, maybe it's a nutritional deficiency or um, that's kind of making you feel a certain way, right? Or maybe you're dealing with chronic pain. I know all about that. When you're dealing with chronic pain, it gets hard to just get up every day and do anything. You have to force yourself sometimes. And dealing with chronic pain can lead you to a real dark place real fast. You know, there's also this thing called postpartum depression. It's real. It's a hormonal imbalance, but it's a thing. I suffered with that with my last child. And then menopause, Lord, menopause is a whole nother animal. That's another hormonal imbalance that will make you think you are nuts. Maybe you just need more sunlight. Maybe you need some exercise. These are real biological issues that can absolutely lead to depression. Then there's relational causes. That's pretty self-explanatory, but maybe you have a child who's, you know, getting off course, acting up, and you're worried about him, and you're just, you've done everything you can, and you can't get the kid back on course. Or maybe you're a mom with little ones, and you're trying to juggle and figure this out, and it's overwhelming sometimes. That can lead to depression. There could be some kind of life-threatening issue you're dealing with. Or maybe, maybe you're struggling in your marriage or some other relationship some relationship with somebody you love. Divorce or a failed relationship can bring on feelings of rejection and depression real fast. And let's talk about COVID. We were on lockdown for months, y'all. No real face-to-face contact with people. That can lead you to a real dark place in your thoughts. And then there's circumstantial things that can lead to depression. Death, some sort of trauma, Financial issues like bankruptcy or a loss of a job, even retirement. Retirement is supposed to be this time where, oh, yeah, I don't have to work anymore. But then you retire, and all your life you've worked, so then what do you do? That can lead to depression, like you don't have a purpose anymore. And there's this whole thing called empty nest syndrome. I know about that, too. That's when the kids take off. You spent your whole life pouring into your family and your children, and then they move. They grow up. They move out. That's what they're supposed to do, right? And you're left feeling like, okay, where's my purpose? You know what, guys? The Bible is really clear about the proper order of things in our lives, and we need to read it so we know what it says. It says God first, and then your spouse, and then your kids, and then all the rest of the stuff. Because if we don't put God first in our marriage, and then our spouse, when the kids leave, we could find ourselves married to a stranger. That's a fact. Another cause of depression can be real spiritual attacks. John 10.10 just reminded us of that. The enemy's out to destroy you. Ephesians 6.12 is even clearer. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities. That means there are authorities and powers 
of the dark world, and it says of this dark world, this world we live in, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The heavenly realm, it's a place you don't even see, but there's a battle going on right now. Right now, there's a battle to keep me from getting this word out to you. There's a battle going on all around you. That's the heavenly realm. We matter to God more than anything else he created. I'm going to say that again because I feel like that didn't land right. We matter to God more than anything else he created, more than the trees, more than the whales, more than all this other stuff that people want to save. Humans, you, y'all, every one of y'all, all y'all, like we say in Southeast Texas, all y'all, all y'all matter to God more than anything else he created. So absolutely, of course, the enemy wants to take you out. This is not a surprise. Don't be surprised. Peter said, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going to face because you matter to God. And guess what? Satan hates God. You know why? Because God evicted him from heaven. Put a judgment on the door and said, you're out. Didn't even have to call the constable to throw him out. He evicted him from heaven and said, get out, you're done. So the, the devil hates God, but he hates us too because God loves us, because God created us in his image. And the only reason I'm giving you all this background on the causes of depression is so that you can understand it and to bring you hope, a hope that is only found in the word of God. So let's go to the Bible. If y'all brought your Bibles, open it up. If it's on your phone, that's cool too. We're going to talk about the prophet Jeremiah. And you know, as Pastor Bob said a couple of weeks ago, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And I think it's probably because he battled depression and dark thoughts. And Jeremiah was an Old Testament prophet. Back then, in those days, there was no written word. People really couldn't read. There were only certain people who could read and write, and so there was no written word. We are blessed that we have a Bible. We know where to go to for answers. Back then, they didn't. They had an oral history, and the, and the prophets were sent by God to speak for God what God wanted to say to the people, and Jeremiah was one of these prophets, and um, he's actually what they call a major prophet, which means he had a lot to say. But anyway, he was a man of God. He was a believer. He wrote the book of Lamentations. Now, Lamentations comes from the root word lament. And lament means a deep agony or sorrow. And it's actually a compilation of poems that Jeremiah wrote as he was going through a really dark time in history. You know, you, you really should read your Bibles. It's full of some good stuff. It's full of things that will help you navigate the world you live in now. Because Lamentations actually goes to those hard questions that come up when we're suffering. So when Jeremiah wrote Lamentations, he was in a really dark, desperate place. And here's what was going on. So Jerusalem had been attacked by the Babylonians. The Jewish people were killed. Families were destroyed. And the temple of God, church, was burned to the ground. So if we had to put it in our modern day times to be able to kind of get the gist of what was happening, I would liken it to September 11th, 2001. Think about that. I know some of you guys might not have even been born yet, or some of you were babies. But surely you've seen the footage on TV. Surely you've heard about what happened. I was at work. I was at work when it happened. And I remember coming out of the OR and I went to the office and the TV was on and I looked and I just stood there in horror. 
I literally stood straight in my track. I forgot what I was even doing. That's not hard for me, but I forgot what I was doing. And I stood there and I watched and I couldn't believe it. It was horrific. People were jumping out of the skyscraper to their death, to an imminent death. I remember standing there watching that horror and just tears rolling down my face. That must have been what Jeremiah felt like in the time that he was dealing with. It had to have been what he felt like. In fact, the specific event that Jeremiah was writing about is one of the most horrific times in Jewish history, even apart from the Holocaust. So go to Lamentations 3 and let's read from there. Lamentations is towards the front of the Bible. And I'm going to skip around a little bit because I want you to pay attention to the words that Jeremiah uses so that we can get a feel for just how tormented he was. Jeremiah 1, I am the man who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of God's wrath. He has brought me into deepest darkness, shutting out all light. He has built forts against me and surrounded me with anguish and distress. He buried me in dark places like those long dead. He has walled me in, I cannot escape. He has fastened me with heavy chains, and though I cry and shout, he will not hear my prayers. We'll skip down to verse 17. O Lord, all peace and all prosperity have long since gone, for you've taken them away. I have forgotten what enjoyment is. All hope is gone. My strength has turned to water, for the Lord has left me. Oh, remember the bitterness and suffering you have dealt me, for I can never forget these awful years. Always my soul will live in utter shame. Can you just feel the agony and the hopelessness in his words? Jeremiah was experiencing some heavy stuff. But here's the important part that I want you to pay attention to. He expressed his feelings. He expressed how he felt. Sometimes we have to put a name to what we're feeling, and that is okay. You have to put a name to what you're feeling. I'm not saying you need to live in those feelings, but you need to identify what you're feeling. You need to spend enough time there so that you can put a name to them so that you can walk out of them. Identify how you feel so you can climb out of it. You cannot win a battle against an enemy you can't name. You can't win a battle if you don't know your enemy. The first truth about depression is your emotions are valid, but they are not permanent. Name your emotions, name your feelings so that you can process them and work through them. If you have to do that with a Christian counselor, then do it. Go do it. That's a good idea. Proverbs 19, it's biblical. Proverbs 19 says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Y'all, I thank God for Christian counselors. Pastor Bob and I have gone to them. Lots of times I call them coaches because that's just me. But still, Christian counselors are anointed. They're gifted by God. God gave them the gift they have to be able to help people walk through their feelings, identify them, and process them so they can be healed. And they show them the path to healing that's rooted in Jesus Christ in the Bible. If you don't name your feelings, you can't change them. Name your feelings and emotions so you can be healed. You need to be healed so you don't lose all hope. And this brings me to my second point. The second truth to remember when you're battling depression or a spirit of heaviness is the situation may feel hopeless, but with God there is always hope. There's always hope. 
The reason Jeremiah wrote all about what happened is so that it would be recorded in history. So that the people would remember that everything they were suffering and feeling came from an event. Events change. Events change. They don't stay the same. An event is what led them to all that pain and suffering and agony. Jeremiah's depression in this case was circumstantial. It was a result of an event in his life. And this is why he recorded it. Y'all, we need to know history. We need to know history. There's a lot of people out there trying to erase it, trying to change it. No, 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 no. We need to know history. We need to know history so we can put a frame around the suffering. A lot of history is painful. I get that. I get it. There's a lot of things in history that were bad, but we got to know it anyway. That way we can put a frame around it so that we don't become hopeless and think this is just the way it's going to be. There are a lot of people out there today that don't have any hope. And maybe it's because they don't know history. They think that this is just the way it's always going to be. If you know history, you can identify an event, frame it, and then you know there's another thing on the other side of that. This is just an event. The event will change. They always change. There's two things, two reasons why you got to know history. Number one, we're doomed to repeat it if we don't know it. We are doomed to repeat it if we don't know history. We cannot color it up, put lipstick on it, and pearls on it. We need to know the truth. We can't change it. Because if we don't know, we're doomed to repeat it. And there's some things we cannot repeat, y'all. There's some bad things we cannot repeat. Number two, we lose perspective. We lose perspective if we don't know history. We can't lose perspective because with lost perspective comes hopelessness. We have to keep perspective. And I'm not just talking about societal history. I'm talking about your own history. Know your own history so you can get a perspective of why you're going through what you're going through. What does that mean? What does that look like? It means you look back on the events of your life and you start naming those emotions associated with the events and associated with the circumstances, and then you can build a frame around what might have led you to that dark place in your mind. And then it makes it a little bit easier to follow the path back into the light. Again, you wanna take a holistic approach. A holistic approach is always best when you're battling depression. Seek medical treatment if you need it. Maybe you have a, a chemical imbalance. You need the right medication from your doctor to help with that. Go see a Christian counselor if you need to. You have to name your feelings so you can change them. Remember, depression is rooted in biology, relationships, circumstances, or spiritual attacks. It's important you remember that. All of these things change. Every single thing in life changes but God. God never changes. Let's look back at Lamentations 3.21, because here comes the good part. <laughs> this is what Jeremiah wrote after he named his feelings, after he sat there for a while, processed them, put a name on them, and framed them around an event, realized, hey, this is something that happened. This is not forever. This, this too shall pass. This is what he wrote. Jeremiah 3.21, yet there is one ray of hope. His, talking about God's, God's compassion never ends. It is only the Lord's mercies that have kept us from complete destruction. Great is his faithfulness. His loving kindness begins afresh every day. My soul claims the Lord as my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. 
The Lord is wonderfully good to those who wait for him, to those who seek for him. It is good both to wait and hope quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Friends, there is always hope in God. Even if we brought it on ourselves, we still have hope in God, and we still have a Savior in Jesus Christ. Jeremiah waited for a while. You might need to do that too. You might need to just wait a little bit. When you're sitting in deep, dark thoughts, wait before you make a move. Don't make a permanent decision based on temporary circumstances. I'm going to say it again. Don't make a permanent decision based on temporary circumstances. Just because your marriage has hit a rough spot, don't run out and get a divorce. Don't start running around looking for somebody else. Lord, that's the last thing you need to do. Sit, wait, pray. Seek God on it. Don't jump from one bad thing to another. And don't go and try to escape those dark thoughts. Name your feelings instead of going out and trying to lose yourself in alcohol or drugs. Don't do it. That's a hard path to come back from. That's a really hard path to come back from. I know. I had to come back from that path. And I have a child who had to come back from that path. It's hard. Don't escape. Name your feelings. And I cannot say this enough with love and compassion and from the deepest part of my heart. If you're sitting there in a dark place in your mind and you think that this is all there is and you're thinking about taking your life, don't do it. Get some help. Talk to somebody. Don't do it. My friend did that and I miss her. I miss my friend. I miss her prayers. I miss her friendship. Man, she used to call me on the phone. She'd be in the garage and we'd talk for 45 minutes. I'm like, girl, where you at? She says, oh, I'm sitting in the garage. Can't go in the house yet. We're getting too loud in here. And we would laugh. I miss her. If your mind has gone to that place where you think your life is not worth it anymore, get some help, friend. Get some help. There is always hope. Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you because you matter. You matter to God. You matter to the people that know you, that are in relationship with you. You matter. You know what? The Bible says that God knew you before you even were formed in your mother's womb. He already knew you. He knew you were going to be here. He knew the parents you would have. That's not an accident or an incident, even if you think it is. Even if somebody told you that, that's a lie. God knew you. He was preparing. He was preparing something for you to do. Ephesians 2.10 says that. You have a purpose. You were born where you were born with the parents you have in the city, in the time, in the generation for a real purpose that God planned a long time ago. Ephesians 2.10 says that. It says that God put you on here on earth first to know him and then to do good things. That's the truth with a capital T. That's what the book says. That's the truth of God. God gave you the ability to feel. So your emotions and your feelings, they're not bad. You need to name them. Just can't be ruled by them. They change. They change. Your situation, it may feel hopeless. I'm going to validate that, y'all. I know there's some people here going through some stuff that feels real hopeless. But with God, there is always hope. When Jeremiah sat with God for a while, 
he processed his feelings, he looked back at the events that led to that dark place, and then he remembered the things that God had already pulled him out of. Sometimes you got to go back and look at your own history and look at how God saved you from that. When I tried to kill myself at 19, God was like, not today. I got a lot of stuff for her to do. Back off. I couldn't even do that right because God saved me. I'm standing here talking to y'all. Some of y'all listening, some of y'all looking at me crazy. I don't care. God saved me for this day right now because I needed to put this out here. You have a purpose for your life. Don't you dare think that you don't. The enemy's a liar. He's a ragged, filthy dog, but he's on a chain. He's a junkyard dog on a chain. Don't let him get in your mind, do all kinds of stuff. No, God made you with a purpose, a big purpose. When Jeremiah looked back, framed it all around an event, processed his feelings, remembered how good God was, he remembered God is gracious, God is merciful, and God has new mercy and new grace every single day. So when the whole world feels like it's closing in around you, this is what you do. You acknowledge it. Don't pretend it isn't real. And don't let the devil lie to you and try to make you feel bad about it. Acknowledge it. Get some professional help if you need to. That's biblical. There's no shame in that. Proverbs 19 clearly just told us that. If you need to go see a doctor, go see a doctor. God can use a doctor to heal. He can do whatever he wants. He's God. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. And you know what? Stay connected to your church family. Don't isolate yourself. The devil loves it when we isolate ourselves. He loves the dark. We started Sunday socials here once a month, first Sunday of the month. We started that with the intention of building a church community. So you got to come to Sunday social. We hang out, we eat food, we laugh, we get to know each other. We need others in our lives who are going to pray for us, who we can take our stuff to, our deepest, darkest feelings, and they're not going to judge us. We need people in our lives to pray for us. And we need people in our lives to remind us of God's truth when we can't remember it ourselves because we're just lost in a dark place. And the last point, the last point I want to make, and I'm going I'm to be done. Sometimes you have to preach to yourself. You just got to preach to yourself. And I know it's hard. When you're going through some stuff, it's hard. I've been there, been there. I'm not standing up here telling you about something that's just some good idea. No, 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 half the stuff I've lived, I've walked through. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. You got to make yourself do it. You ain't got to shout yourself down. You don't have to be, oh yeah, that was good. No, no, no. <laughs> you just got to say it anyway. Say the word of God. What does the word of God say? There's one thing I know about the Word of God. It does not return void. In other words, it's going to accomplish the mission that God sent His Word out to accomplish. Find a battle scripture. What's your battle scripture? Let me tell you how to do that. Sit down in your feelings and your emotions. Look at the event that led to them and figure out what led you to that dark place. Was it fear? That's one of mine, fear. If it's fear, then your battle scripture might be like mine. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. You see how that works? 
You see how that works? You find your battle scripture. The devil's sitting here telling your head, oh, be afraid. You should be afraid. You should, you should be terrified. Nope. You speak back out loud because your words create worlds. You speak out loud and you say, nope. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but I have been given a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So devil, no. You're not going to come up in here today and mess with my mind. Because this is what the Bible says, and I believe the truth because you're a liar. That's what you do. Was what led you to that place? Rejection? Deuteronomy 31.8. It might be a good battle scripture for you. It says, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Maybe it's something you did and you can't seem to forget. And you think you've gone too far? Isaiah 38, 17. I had great bitterness, but in love, you, God, have delivered my life from the pit of destruction. For you have cast all my sins, not just one, all my sins behind your back. And this is one that's for all of us. Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Preach your battle scripture to yourself when you get in those dark moments in your mind and say them out loud. Say it out loud. It's okay to say it in your head, but you know what? Remember I told you, there's heavenly realm. There's battles going on in the heavenly realm. Just because you don't see the enemy doesn't mean he doesn't see you and he's listening to what we say. Say it out loud. Say your battle scripture out loud. Number one, so you can get it deep down in your heart. But number two, you put him on notice that you're not playing this game anymore. You're not going to let him take control of your thoughts and do it over and over and over again if you have to. But put your hope in God. Yes, your feelings are real, but they are temporary. And even when you feel like there is no hope, remind yourself that there is always hope in God. There is always hope in God. Scripture tells us that Jesus is the anchor of our hope. An anchor holds a giant ship in place, so it's not tossed to and fro all over the place. Jesus is the anchor of your hope, and he does not change. Put your hope in him. The Bible is truth. So remind yourself, and we're going to say this out loud. I hope they put it up on the screen because I want y'all to say it out loud with me. This is Romans 8, 38, and 39. And we're going to say it together. Do we have it for the screen? Okay, if we don't, just repeat it after me. Nothing can ever separate me from God's love. Come on. Neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons. Neither my fears for today, nor my worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate me from the love of God. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate me from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. You got to preach that to yourself, y'all. That's Romans 8, 38. Nothing, no thing can separate you from God. Not depression, 
not anxiety, not your darkest thoughts, not your darkest deeds. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Is that going to solve everything? I don't know. Maybe. Sometimes you have to just keep renewing your mind with the Word of God. Sometimes you got to get your body in line, get some, get some medicine to help you, get the right treatment plan with your doctor. Depression is very complex. We're not going to belittle it, but we're not going to surrender to it either. We're going to fight. We're going to find your battle scripture and fight. Your life matters. Your future is bright. Remember how you feel right now. Those dark feelings, that dark place, identify it. you got to name it. You gotta name it. How'd you get there? But then don't stay there. Put your hope in God. He loves you. He planned you. He has a purpose for your life that only you can fulfill. Don't forget that, friend. Don't forget that. Will you bow your heads? Let me just pray for us. Oh Lord, you're here today. We thank you. We thank you, God, that you showed up. You called us to worship you today, Lord, and we answered. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you don't give up on us. No matter how dark things get, Lord, you are always the light that we can run to, Father. I pray that you give us lucidity in our minds, give us strength in our minds and our hearts so that when we get to a dark place, we can reach out to you. Lord, there are people here today and maybe they don't even know why they're here, Lord, but you know why. You have a word for them. You came and they came so that you could show them there's healing in your hands. Lord, give them eyes to see that you are the answer. Lord, give us hope. Help us not make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. Lord, bring healing to broken hearts here today. Bring hope to struggling minds, I speak peace. Peace be still to those racing thoughts right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.